morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the DFS Streamer Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am Wes Easley, one of your hosts at Loafing It over on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore on Twitter, Fantasy Impact Today or FI Today with a little underscore over there on Twitter as well. And I will pin this tweet of the DFS Streamer Podcast, the episode, on either one of those handles. I kind of switch it up a little bit between uh, this podcast, the DFS Streamer, and the Baby Bowl Podcast. I switch it up just to get, uh, you know, kind of kind of get it out there on both sides of the thing, whatever Twitter handle it's on, but we'll always include that DraftKings DFS Dreamer contest underneath the the DFS Dreamer podcast pinned tweet, so everybody has a chance to kind of join in on that whenever. Usually gets put up there Wednesday or Thursday afternoon, Pierre, is when I think DraftKings allows us to use that link there, but we've had some interesting winners the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so it, it creates automatically now, um, usually every Wednesday, so you'll you'll get that, and then we'll, we'll get it posted for you. But yeah, we've had some consistent, you know, members and listeners in the actual group. Uh, this last week, we had a Grady Bow one, uh, took it down, Rob Grady. Uh, had a lineup of Cooper Rush, uh, uh-huh. which is interesting there at really? quarterback. Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler. I had DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, which was, was also unique, given that there was no Geno Smith uh, <laughs> with that double stack there. Michael Gallup. TJ Hawkinson, who was just a monster on Sunday, went 42.9 points. Uh, Kareem Hunt and then the Steelers defense rounded out that 196.12 score that he had. Wow, 196. I, you know, I'm going to always love it whenever a minimal salary quarterback gets it takes down a tournament. I'm going to always love that. That is your wheelhouse. <laughs> Uh, that is a great build, though. That was a great build. Very out-of-the-box thinking on that, which I, I very much enjoy because I don't know that I've ever been in a box, Pierre. That's Peewee31 over on Twitter, at Peewee31. Make sure you're following him as well. He loves to answer all those DraftKings contests, kind of kind of questions and answers, start-sit questions, all those things. And that reminds me, Pierre, how are you doing this year in all the different kinds of contests that you're in? I think you were in, what, 27 leagues, I think you updated <laughs> me on? I don't know. Not that many, not that many. But I'm, I'm doing all right. I lost my first one uh, in the Scott Fishbowl. I was oh. down 12, had Allen Robinson. He got one, uh, which was not enough <laughs> to get there. So <laughs> my first loss, uh, I think I'm five and three when you consider the median. Uh, he's doing that medium score this year where it's like the group average. So I'm five and three there. Otherwise, I'm three and one uh, when it comes to just uh, the standard win loss. So not too bad. Uh, can't complain. I wish I would have, you know, stay undefeated a little bit longer, but that's just kind of how it, it crumbles. I'm in a few others. I think I'm two and two uh, in the Warrior Bowl currently. I got a win there. Um, in Polly's playoff, I'm two and two there as well. So kind of batting 500, two and two, three and one, not undefeated anywhere uh, any longer, but still, still hanging in there. Got some good teams getting into the bye weeks. So now, you know, some of that depth that I like to draft uh, should come into play now at the bye weeks and injuries and stuff are kind of at the forefront forefront. Yeah, I think I'm one in three in the fishbowl. I can't, it's hard for me to keep up with them all. And I don't, I don't, I, I, I have been really good this year of setting all my lineups, doing waiver claims. I figured all that out in all the different leagues. And I know people hear us talk about these things on different podcasts out here in the fantasy football community and i'll encourage everybody you know just just kind of follow the links around and hear the names and get involved with those things too it's really fun to get involved with it and to get your name out there in the community a little bit more to get to know some of these people uh you know to get to know some of these bigger name people too they'll end up being in your 
I don't know, in your in your in your league or in your contest or anything like that. And it's mm-hmm. cool to see those things. There's a guy, Drew DeLuca, I think is his name, and he is playing this week. And yes. this is just one of our guys, right? He is playing this week. Um, who's the, who's the outfielder for the Giants? Who fantasy football guy? The outfielder? That's baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the guy who got into the little fight at the skirmish at the beginning of the year with Tommy Pham, I can't remember his name. Oh, Jock Peterson. Yeah, he's playing Jock Peterson this week. As well. oh, <laughs> he's playing wow. Jock Peterson. Yeah, how about that? I told him to let Jock win. I, you know, don't get, don't start. A, I guess you got to let Tommy Pham win. Is what you got to do. Not Jock. Jock seems pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get smacked apparently. So that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> That's a, I got I think I got like a Ray Flowers from Sirius XM. I uh I got him in mine. I didn't knock him off, I think, week two. So but you do have those. Like I had uh Matthew Barry and Shane Battier in my my group chat. So it is really cool uh to to see some of those bigger, you know, celebrity type names, sure. but also just the charity aspect, which yeah, is yeah. why I do it, you know, just being able to to donate, you know, money that I'd probably be donating anyways uh, to a good cause and, and just see the community kind of rally, you know, around some of these charities is, is really the, the main reason why I enjoy it and, and like to be involved. Yeah, we're two different people. We're two different souls, Pierre. We're two, you know, the tax deduction, <laughs> the tax deductible charity thing is always a nice, nice one as well. But anytime you're in a chat room with Matthew Perry, that's kind of cool. All right, I'll just I'm, <laughs> I'm selfish. I, I, hey, we got a big DraftKings slate here. Kind of, kind of a different one this week. A little bit. Still nobody at 10K. We've been keeping our eye on that one, Pierre, uh, week in and week out. But to me, is this looks like a fun slate this week? I, I'm gonna admit that some of these slates have been a little bit challenging this mm-hmm. one doesn't seem as challenging it kind of kind of seems all even spread out but there's some really big outliers to me as far as people that we need to concentrate on getting in our lineups yeah i think there's gonna be a, a stack that's gonna be pretty popular it's gonna be pretty easy um not sure if i'm gonna get off of it either i think it's one of those <laughs> too too good to be true so i'm just gonna play it and try <laughs> to get different you know elsewhere uh, but yeah, starting to round out, you know, you, you still got some of the bigger, you know, teams that aren't going to be on. So the the Chiefs are Monday night, Bengals, Ravens are Sunday night, Raiders are Monday night. You got the the Packers and Giants in London uh, there Sunday morning. So you're going to be missing some players, which kind of gives you a little bit of condensed uh, roster selection there. But there's there's still some good totals, uh, some good yeah. balance that I like this week. So we'll see how that plays out. No games over 50 from what I'm looking at right now. 49 and a half is the largest point total announced. That's mm-hmm. on that Philadelphia-Arizona game right now. Uh, good weather all the way around, so you don't have to worry about that. You can stay, you can pretty much play wherever you want to, so that's always good news. And this first game, here that we want to talk about is the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. This is a, uh, one of those big game totals, at least 47. The weird thing, though, Buffalo is favored by 14 points. That that <laughs> That tradition... Lot. It is a lot. That traditionally means we take the defense, and that's about it. But, I mean, with Josh Allen, you can almost pencil him in for 30 DraftKings points, it seems like, every single week where he's not involved in the elements like he was last week. You know what I mean? And this Pittsburgh defense Mm -hmm. is just atrocious. Yeah, and, I mean, the elements is a big factor. So weather, you know, it can change things. And it was there was rain in both Philly and in Baltimore with two of the bigger totals last weekend. You know, if you got off of that game and, you know, went to that dome, for example, with the the Seahawks and Lions shootout, then uh, you really set yourself apart. But, yeah, 14 is is big. Josh Allen's going to be Josh Allen. He's going to play well. 
I know some folks like to get away, you know, from offenses thinking, you know, they're not going to play the whole game and, oh, they're going to run the ball because they're going to be up big. That's not necessarily true. Like sometimes they're up big because of, you know, Josh Allen and the passing attack. So keep that in mind. I think that could be the case here. Uh, even though they don't have the the highest over under, they do have the highest team total, uh, which I have it at 30 and a half right now. And so Josh Allen's going to be a part of that. They're really pass heavy anyway. So I think he's going to be obviously in play. Um, you're going to pair him up with Diggs. It's probably going to be the, the popular play there. We do have some injuries to watch uh, with their receiving core. So you got Crowder. He's out. Um, yep. He sustained an injury. So no more Jamison Crowder and Isaiah McKenzie you know, split in the slot, but McKenzie is also questionable mm-hmm. with a concussion. So he may be out. If so, you're going to see the, the Rook Khalil uh, Shakur perhaps get involved at only 3,200. But I think the main two you're, you're probably going to hone in on are going to be Diggs at 8,400, Gabe Davis at 6,400. And then hopefully you can maybe see Dawson Knox start to get involved. Uh, saw six targets uh, against Baltimore, which the most he's had so far. Uh, but I'll probably lean uh, with those two receivers and then uh, Singletary's really taking a stranglehold in the backfield, played over 80% of the snaps there. So Singletary, uh, Diggs, or, or Gabe Davis paired with Josh Allen, or the defense, as you mentioned before, will probably be the, the main plays there. From a Pittsburgh standpoint, I don't really like anyone. Uh, I really like <laughs> the Bills' defense. If there is one uh, on the cheaper end, it would probably be George Pickens for me. Uh, 4,300. You saw he got eight targets there uh, when it came to the game last week. Kenny Pickett's now, you know, giving the reins at starter. Uh, your guy Trubisky's already been benched, so yep. uh, picking uh, Pickett to Pickens, the P and P could be the connection there if you want to have a run back and decide to stack the build. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, and I like what you said about Dawson Knox. There's a there's going to be a couple of games this year where they're going to be able to get the big fella who does a lot of blocking and, and the dirty work kind of a thing where they're going to be able to get him a touchdown. It feels like this is one of those games where they'll be well they will be able to get Dawson Knox a touchdown, especially if Isaiah McKenzie's not there. You know because yeah, you know, Devin Singletary is going to get his, but they're not that worried about getting Devin Singletary into the end zone. It doesn't seem like from week to week. Uh, I just think Dawson Knox possibly could find the end zone here with his boost in activity last week, especially. So I'm I'm looking for the big fella to do that a little bit there. And I don't know how, you know, everybody's going to be I'm not, not going to want to play Pickett, but they're going to be tempted to play Pickett. I don't know how he got 15 DraftKings points last week by throwing three interceptions. You don't get points for throwing interceptions, do you? I mean, I, and a fumble. And a fumble. You don't. You do not. But, I mean, you look at the, the rest. He, he only had three incompletions. Unfortunately, they were all. Interceptions, but seventy-seven <laughs> percent. Uh, he did that pretty well. I think he rushed for two touchdowns, so that's yeah. that's probably what got him there is the the rushing uh, that you really can't expect from him. It's not like he's a running quarterback, so to speak. So would we'll definitely be cautious with him. But he's in your price range uh, down <laughs> at the bottom there for quarterbacks. So so if we get take away the two rushing touchdowns, which were kind of fluky, I think one of them was even from one yard out or something like that. So a little bit fluky. So if we took those two away uh, with the interceptions and the fumble, would he be at like zero or negative points? Is that what he would have been Probably at? Probably right, right around it. Yeah. The touchdowns alone, you got to think that's 12 points itself yeah. with two of those. So it would have gotten a little ugly without five, him. 
Buyer beware. If Wes says he's staying away from one of those guys, I, I even said I, I, you know, Cooper Rush was tempting to me last week, but I'm not taking Pickett this week. All right. That, that's, that's, we're going to put that one behind us, but I love that Buffalo build so far this week. We got the next game here, Pierre, and I am tempted by this game a lot. Los Angeles Chargers versus the Cleveland Browns. I think this is going to be really the first test for the Cleveland Browns facing a quarterback they haven't really faced a lot of good quarterbacks they faced Joe Flacco the second week of the year and he you know lit him up in the second half of the game but everybody yeah. else has just kind of been nobodies I say nobodies you know just bottom tier stuff and they've been able to handle them very easily so I'm not sure what the Cleveland defense is going to be able to do but at least they're at home this point total is 47 and a half and I think the spread somewhere around three right now I think the Chargers are favored around three right now Pierre so I'm looking at this and I'm literally looking at Justin Herbert I just don't know who to match him up with because because Mike Williams seems to be good one week, bad one week, good one week, and this is a bad. This is supposed to be a, you know, he was good last week, so he should be bad this week. I, I don't know what to do. Yeah, so uh, the pace of this game is a little concerning. Uh, Cleveland likes to run the ball, obviously, with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, uh, Bursette. You know, he's not a, a big shot taker. He's he's often a, a game manager and can kind of scramble a little bit himself. Uh, with with Herbert, like a lot of this could actually hinge on if Cleveland gets healthier on their defensive line. So last week you had, you know, obviously Miles Garrett was out um, after his car accident, still recovering from that. Javion uh, Clowney also missed. So their edge rushers were gone there for Cleveland. Uh, if that's the case, you know, we did see Herbert kind of get right a bit coming off his own rib injury, got Eckler involved. So you could go to Eckler. You know, he still could be someone involved. 7,800 didn't go up, but a hundred dollars after his almost 35 point outburst. Uh, you didn't mention Mike Williams. So you still got to watch the, the Keenan Allen situation. I think a lot of Mike Williams upside, you know, would, would be hinging on if Keenan Allen plays or not. If he doesn't, you can roll out Mike Williams and hope, <laughs> you know, that yeah. he doesn't, you know, have another off game. Like he's been on off, like you stated, um, but when you also look at the the three on, well, I guess I'm looking at the last season. Look at the two ons uh, so far this season. They've been on mm-hmm. the road. Um, and when you look at his average over the last two seasons, he's averaging 19.8 on the road compared to 12.9 at home. So if that trend continues, uh, then the he'll be right back in that that 20 point range as that's what he's done on the road at the Texans at Kansas City so far. So don't mind him, Keenan Allen. I probably wouldn't play even if he's back. Um, coming off the the type of injury that he had, which is a hamstring, those are always dangerous. Uh, can be re aggravated even more so when you look at receivers how they cut and things along those lines. So I probably wouldn't touch him just yet, um, but wouldn't mind uh, Joshua Palmer again either. Uh, again, he didn't have a great game against the Texas, but the two games before that, you know, he was solid. Got into the end zone against the Chiefs. Uh, had six for ninety nine against Jacksonville, so he could be someone. A little bit of a salary saver for you to pair with Herbert if you okay. don't trust Mike Williams. Okay. On the other side of things, I I love Nick Chubb again this week. I, I've seen what the Los Angeles Chargers have done to running backs, and it, and it hasn't been that much. I mean, they, they seem like they're really letting the running backs run very well. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he had uh, over 120 yards, 110 yards, whenever they met up against the Kansas City Chiefs earlier this year. James mm-hmm. Robinson rushed for over 100 yards and a touchdown, uh, had three receptions for 16 yards. ETN even had three receptions for 30 yards. Uh, and last week, Damian Pierce and Rex Burkhead both had big games, you know, relatively speaking, uh, from that standpoint. So they've been able to run against Los Angeles. So that tells me that I need to make sure I get Nick Chubb in a lineup or two. 
Yeah, no one likes to play Nick Chubb. Like, I don't know if you realize that, but yeah, people just don't play Nick Chubb. I don't know if it's because of his lack of targets. You know, especially on DraftKings, a lot of folks shoot for, you know, pass-catching backs because of the, the full-point PPR. But when you look at, you know, roster ship ownership every single week, yeah. Nick Chubb is under-rostered. <laughs> every week. Uh, so that's probably going to be the case again. He, he's up to 8K, but... I mean, you look at his, you know, 18.3, 32.3, 20.3, uh, 23.7, done just fine. You look at his one matchup uh, against the Chargers last year, he got 27 points, 161 rushing yards and a touchdown. So he'd be perfectly fine and happy with that. He's going to be involved in the offense. He's going to get his touches on the ground. So he he's definitely in play. And again, he's probably not going to be as rostered as others. Okay. All right. I like that. And Njoku, we got to make sure we mentioned Njoku as well. He just is really taking over uh, from the offensive side of things. And you had a great call last week on Donovan Peoples-Jones, and he was the most targeted Cleveland Brown last week, I think, against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, so that was that was an interesting call by you. I thought that was really good foresight. But I, I you got to mention Dave, David Njoku at some point. Yeah, Njoku and, and Everett, both of these tight ends are, are in play. Uh, and it's a week that you're not going to get you know, your top guy. So you got Kelsey on Monday night, you have Andrews on Sunday night. So you're missing those, those main top two tight ends. So you're going to have to, you know, pay down quote unquote, pay down and, and, you know, target some of these guys and hope you can hit their upside. Houston at Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars playing pretty well. They, I was surprised at the fight that they put up against the Philadelphia Eagles last week. Gave the Eagles a little bit of trouble. Of course, it was out there in the elements a little bit as well. But the Jacksonville Jaguars are playing at home. This game total is at 45 right now, Pierre. Uh, I like this from a, from a standpoint of being able to stack these Jacksonville Jaguars a lot. That defense is pretty tough, though. I, I, but I love a Trevor Lawrence in this game. I think he can get to 20 DK points, and he's just at 5,600 right now I, I i love putting trevor lawrence even with a james robinson and then putting a quarter uh, putting a wide receiver in there somewhere along the way yeah my my one concern with lawrence is we, we mentioned the the chargers and what they give up on the ground okay like, i think i think houston's worse <laughs> okay you're right houston's worse at give it up on the ground obviously like we even talked about eckler he had his breakout you know jonathan taylor you know, his one good game, shockingly to say that, was against the Texans. So you you could see the Jaguars uh, dominate this game on the ground with a James Robinson or an Etienne themselves. Uh, you have seen, you know, Lawrence play well. He got 25 against them the open the year last year. Um, this year, you never just know. Um, we, we had the, the weather game, so he only got 10 against the Eagles. is a really good defense. Uh, 25 uh, against the Chargers is the – the, the score that you're really hoping for got an 18 and a half against the Colts, uh, only 14 against the commander. So it's really going to depend on if they're able to run the ball like everyone else has been. And if so, he may not be required uh, to go through the air, but I do like his prize 5,600 uh, coming off the loss. You got to expect them to, to be motivated. And uh, his target tree is pretty, it's pretty short. So he, he doesn't do too much to the running backs. It's more Christian Kirk. Uh, you saw Jamal Agnew kind of step in, uh, but yeah. keep in mind that Zay Jones got ruled out, you know, right before, you know, kickoff last week. So wouldn't go run into the Jamal Agnew. Well, it's going to be Kirk, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones as his, his top targets. Uh, Marvin Jones didn't see much last week. He saw Evan Ingram the last two weeks. So really Kirk and Jay, Jay Jones would be the, the two I focus on if you're going to pair anyone up with Trevor Lawrence. 
Okay. From the Houston side of things, once again, it looks like the Jaguars are able to give up a lot on the ground. We saw what Miles Sanders did him to him last week. So uh, Damian Pierce still looks kind of appealing, even at 6,200. He's starting to get to the top of his price point, though, <laughs> to me. You know, I mean, that's that's like the top of the thing. So he's definitely not a cheap option. Can he get to 20 points to really pay that off, 18 points to pay that off, Pierre? I mean, he can. Um, and if you do decide to, to stack the Jags, you want to bring it back with someone and I think you only got two options on this team personally. That's that's Damian Pierce. Uh, then that's Brandon Cooks, uh, who's there at 6,100. So those are really the only two that I would focus on uh, on the Texans side of the ball. If you expect them to to be behind and trailing, then you probably want to go the the Brandon Cooks route. You know, he saw two really good games against the Jaguars last year, 21.2 uh, in week one, then a 32.2 burger uh, there in week 15. So, yeah. again – do you think the Jags are going to be out in front? I would lean Cooks over Pierce because Burkhead's more their pass catching back. Okay. All right. Makes a lot of sense. Chicago at Minnesota is the next one for me, Pierre. And I am doing victory laps because the Chicago Bears are in the 40-point total for the game. It's uh, This one's at 44 points. Uh, I, I think Minnesota's it's not because of the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they at least threw the ball downfield a couple of times last week with Mooney. I'm still not going to trust that. I can't play Justin Fields at all until I see this offense open it up a little bit more, 5,300. At, at what, Pierre, if, if Justin Fields was at 4K, would you play him? Oh, yeah. 4K? Yeah, I mean... Why not? I, <laughs> he, okay. I mean, he's not passing the ball like you want, but I mean, look at his rushing attempts, for for example. Like, he's got seven plus rushing attempts every single game. Uh, so even if he just runs into the end zone once, you know, you, you okay. might have a, a pretty, pretty good chance of being successful. Okay. Well, he, yeah, but last week he scored 11 DraftKings points. The week before that he scored seven, then the week 10, and then 14, period. I don't know. 4K seems more expensive. You guys know I'm a Bears fan. Hey, from this standpoint, though, we can't really attack any of these Chicago Bears. I don't think even if the backfield does get cleared up a little bit more with David yeah. Montgomery or Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert's at the top of his price point as well, and that Minnesota Viking defense, I can't see him giving up you know, 18 DraftKings points to a, a backup Khalil Herbert. I, I, can't, I can't play anybody here for the Bears. I actually like Herbert if Montgomery's out again. Okay. Um, a lot of folks aren't going to play him because of what happened with the Giants game. Uh, but you look, he saw he saw 19 rushes. He saw a target. So that's 20 touches um, in the red zone. He had five attempts in the red zone. So if he punches one of those in, you know, you're looking at a, a 17 to 18 point day right there. So, okay. again, it's going to depend on, on Montgomery. But when you look at how he kind of failed everyone that went to him last week, this will be a time to, to kind of get back on him. We did just see the Vikings uh, give up a, a touchdown to the corpse of Latavius Murray uh, in London on Sunday. So, yeah, if Montgomery's out, I think he could still go to Herbert. Okay, all right, we can do that then. What about Kirk Cousins? Are you playing Kirk Cousins this week? 6,300. It's not a Monday night. Maybe he'll get uh, a lot of DraftKings <laughs> points again. No, he just he doesn't look right. So I was really big on Cousins coming into the, the season, but I feel like his form's off. Um, I don't like the way, you know, his, his footwork looks and he's kind of overthrowing uh, some of his wide open, you know, receivers, which he hasn't done in years past. So something seems off of his mechanics. So until I, I kind of feel like he's right there, I'll probably stay away from him. Uh, okay. But I'll, I'll still play Justin Jefferson just because he's 
He's Justin Jefferson. <laughs> okay, and and you know, new offense there, and that may be able to explain a little bit of Dalvin Cook's woes as well. Mm-hmm. He's seventy three hundred, but we can't trust him either. He hasn't he hasn't made it over fifteen DraftKings points all year long, Pierre. He hasn't. Plus the shoulder, and you know you can you're always going to see Madison come in and get a few carries as well. So even though he saw twenty two touches himself, uh, I just I got to see that explosion from him. I got to see the offensive line open up bigger holes um, in order for me to get on the Dalvin train. Okay. Uh, what about a KJ Osborne? Would you be looking at him? Maybe I know he's low at 4,200 or is there just not a vo- enough volume this game to really justify a low play like that on him? I mean, he, he just doesn't get the, the targets. Okay. Like the one game against Detroit, who's just awful uh, across the board kind yeah. of on defense is really his only, his only big game. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch him or really Thielen, who's kind of touchdown dependent. I feel Okay, so just just we got two players coming out of that game. Detroit at New England. This game total is at forty six and a half. Nobody right heard Smith, though. I know we didn't uh, touch, but at tight end, as I, I mentioned, tight end's a little rough this week. So Irv Smith at thirty two hundred, still seeing you know four to six targets. So I don't hate him. Okay, that's one of us. All right, uh, how about Detroit at New England then? Forty six and a half points. I spoke it into existence, Pierre. Do you have any backup quarterbacks that you want me to talk about this week that you would like to see uh, play on Sunday? Because if I if I can speak uh, a Joe Flacco and a Bailey Zeppi into existence, who do you want? Who do you want me to talk about? It's got to have to be Bailey Zeppi because I was there for that. Um, I was in Lambo and I see Hoyer going off. I'm like, oh boy, here it is. Uh, third stringer he came in he looked he looked decent like yeah. you know he's on the road hostile crowd and he had him in the game got him in overtime so bailey zappy is potentially you know in play at home against a team again that we just talked about yeah. not not doing anything on defense so it could be bailey zappy season <laughs> It's really interesting whenever you look at this because it's a 46 and a half point total, which is right there. I'm going to say towards the top of this uh, this this slate on Sunday, Mm -hmm. because there's not a lot of high game totals. Nobody in the 50s. And Mm -hmm. whenever we look at Detroit Lions, they are just a funnel for DraftKings points. They they give up a ton of points week in and week out. This defense is atrocious, but the offense is good enough to keep the other team going as well. It's really a weird team. This Detroit Lion team is I, I don't. I don't know if I want to play Jared Goff. I don't ever feel comfortable playing Jared Goff, but at 6,100, he's kind of justified that a lot of times this year. He has. I don't know if he will against New England. Okay. So they, they I, I still have some concerns about, you know, going against New England's defense. I know, you know, Lamar Jackson torched him, but Jared Goff's not Lamar Jackson. And you look, his big game against Seattle, also not great defensively this year. Um, and then the commanders, you know, those are both two home games in which he he kind of shot out um, a bit. And you look at his two year average at home, he's averaging, you know, close to 20 points on the road. It's only 13.2. Uh, you look at the fact that I'm on Ross St. Brown, you know, we don't know what his status is going to be as well. He's going to be more needed, you know, on the road against a team like the, the Patriots. So I'll probably uh, stay away from the Lions offense this week. Really, all together, even if uh, Jamal uh, DeAndre Swift is out, you're not going to play a Jamal Williams at all at 6,500. I don't, I don't think so. Um, okay. I mean, he that game last week was so it was so frustrating. <laughs> it got as high scored as it did. Uh, I've always liked Jamal Williams, but I just I don't know. They got Craig Reynolds involved a bit, and again, I feel like the Patriots are just a a better defense. So even without Swift, I probably won't play 
Jamal Williams at 6,500. Um, Hawkinson, just because, again, the tight end situation, he may be the one that I go back to, um, but that's going to depend on if I'm on Ross St. Brown's back or not. If I'm on Ross back, I probably won't touch Hawkinson. If he's out, then it'll probably be the Hawkinson show again because tight ends tend to be, you know, that middle of the field slot type of pass catcher if the top slot is is out of action, which was the case with Amon Ra. Yeah, and that's it brings me back around to Fryermuth there for Pittsburgh as well. Just a young mm-hmm. guy uh, possibly being able to depend on the t- the tight end a time or two. It's just that they're going against a really tough defense. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it makes me not want to play it at all. But uh, when we look at the other side of things, New England Patriots, I know you mentioned Zappi, but I don't think that you're really confident in that. I'm not confident in playing Harris or Stevenson. They just rotate in and out every other series, it feels like. And it just depends on how far the ball goes down the field, whether or not they're going to get an end zone or red zone look so I, I can't play either one of them we can't play wide receivers and I keep seeing Hunter Henry's name popping up left and right because John U. Smith is hurt but we can't depend on either one of those tight ends either I I think you can play anybody from the Patriots side this week okay. that's how bad the Lions defense really been. Okay. Like, that's the that's the only reason too it's because of the opponent on the other side so we saw you know, Philly scored 38 points. We saw the Commanders, you know, put up 27, Minnesota 28, Seattle 48. Like, this defense is awful when it comes to stopping the opposing team. Uh, it's going to be tough to to get, get it right, but there's going to be players on the Patriots that are going to have big games. That's just what these first four weeks have told us with the Lions defense. So if John who's out, you know, Hunter Henry – could be in play. Again, you look at the fact that it could be Bailey Zappi. Uh, he might be, you know, dependent on that tight end as kind of the the check down and just be there for his his own comfort there. He saw four targets there in, in Green Bay's. But uh, I think it's going to be one of these these running backs. So you look at the, the situation here. I was big on Rashad Penny last week, uh, who was down at 4,900. Uh, and the reason that was the case is because the Lions – have been that awful with their their pass defense, I mean, their rushing defense. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to be Stevenson or Harris. They're both really splitting uh, a lot of the action. So Ramadre Stevenson is going to be the pass catching uh, back. So if New England kind of gets behind a bit, mm-hmm. uh, he's going to get the the targets out of the backfield. Damian Harris is more your goal line uh, type of running back. They bring him in in goal line situations. But you look at both of them; they're in the teens. You know, 12 to to 16 points, that's not bad uh, from a a 5,500, 5,600 standpoint. If one of them can get you, you know, 20, let's say they they get in the end zone, have a few catches, you'll you'll be perfectly happy, you know, getting 20 points from one of these guys at 5.5 or 5.6K. Yeah, or if the other one gets hurt from running around too much, they pull the hamstring <laughs> yeah. because Detroit thinks it's two-hand touch out there is what they – I think that's how they're playing. The Seattle at New Orleans, what an interesting game. Made a lot of people – Alvin Kamara made a lot of people mad last week, pulling out of the game at the last minute. I mean, you know, his health and safety protocols and all that stuff. But, man, mm-hmm. people – it was in it was in London. They set their lineups the night before, and then all of a sudden they wake up and the game's going on and Alvin Kamara's not playing. What in the world's going on here? He was a top draft pick, you know, so people got upset 
upset. This is another weird game, though, Pierre, because Seattle is in the same situation that Detroit was in. That you know they're like a funnel. They're the funnel. They can they give up a million points. They can score with you as well. But I think that this New Orleans Saints defense is a lot harder than the Detroit Lions defense. So I don't know if I want to be stacking up a lot of Seahawks or not. And then when you look at the New Orleans side, they got so many injuries. I don't know if I want to be stacking up New Orleans Saints or not. Yeah, I think I think you can still play Saints. Similar to the, the Patriots, I feel like someone on the Saints side is going to have a good game. Uh, keep in mind, you don't know the quarterback situation. Uh, we haven't got to the, the week of practice yet. Usually there's walkthroughs on yeah. Tuesdays. Practice starts Wednesday, but Pay attention to whether it's going to be Andy Dalton or, or Jameis Winston, but um, you kind of mentioned it. So one guy that I think I will be on if he plays is Alvin Kamara. I mean, you look at his price. That's the lowest Alvin Kamara's been in a very, very long time. Mm. At 6,600. We just saw, you know, what Jamal Williams, for example, uh, did to this Seattle defense. We saw Cordell Patterson, you know, have a, a big game against them as well. So if Kamara's in, I think a lot of folks will be off of him because of the Q tag and because of the ribs and because he did kind of burn them, you know, early last Sunday. But if he's in, I like Kamara at 6,600 uh, against the Seahawks. Again, if the, the Saints are out early, you know, they could run the ball. You do have Mark Ingram to, to kind of worry about a bit there, but Latavius Murray got signed off their practice squad, I believe, to the Broncos. Yeah, uh, right. played Thursday night, so he's not even there anymore. Um, so if Kamara's back, it should just be him and Ingram. I think Kamara has the explosion. If it's Dalton, you know, Dalton may unlock him a little bit more because he he doesn't have the the downfield, you know, type of need that Jameis has. You know, Jameis likes to air it out. We saw that in Tampa. Uh, Dalton doesn't have that. He He's fine being a, a game manager a type of player. So he could unlock Kamara in the passing game more. Uh, then from a receiving standpoint, you know, you got to see if Michael Thomas is still out. Uh, if, if he is, you know, Chris Olave has been the one that really see, you know, some of the targets and Dalton kind of locked in on him, him a bit against Minnesota as well. He saw seven targets himself coming off a of back-to-back 13 targets, Jarvis Landry, 4,300. Didn't really have that action there. So it'd probably be Olave for me, uh, but I'm hoping to, to get Kamara back. Cause that's the, I think that's the guy I really want to play. And then Juwan Johnson. Uh, he's he's still in play again with the, the tight end situation I mentioned. He saw four targets. He's only 3K, so keep him in mind as well. But pay attention uh, to the quarterback situation and then you know, the Saints defense. I think they'll probably take away Metcalf uh, with Lattimore. We, we've seen him do that with big body type of receivers like Mike right. Evans. So right. it'd probably be Lockett if you are going to play a run back on the Seattle side of things. Will Disley at 3,300. Hey, just get a touchdown every game, so you're, yeah. you're not wrong. No, I mean, he's got 13, 12, and 13 DraftKings points sprinkled in a little tube pooper there one time along the way. But, you know, he, he justifies the 3,300 price point. I like what you're saying there, especially with the uh, Kamara news. I, you, you always tell me, put the Q tag in there. Don't worry too much about that, Wes, especially if they're playing. If they're going to play, they're going to play. And so, uh, but, yeah, that's what people thought last Saturday night as well. All right, next one, Miami. I woke at, up and got him out. Thank you very much. <laughs> good job by you. Miami at the New York Jets. 44 and a half is this point total, Pierre. We're not going to have Tua Tonga-Valua. I think he's already been ruled out of here. So we're going to get right. Teddy Teddy Bridgewater against that Jet defense a little bit. Teddy didn't play too bad. And I saw him whenever he threw the ball deep that last Thursday night. I mean, 
he he looked like me throwing it deep whenever I was 12 years old. He he put it down there by his foot and he just wrapped it up and let it go as far as he could. And he got it down there to Tyreek Hill. Still underthrew Tyreek Hill. I'm not sure there's many people who can overthrow Tyreek Hill. But uh, I don't mind a Teddy Bridgewater at 5,400 going against this Jet defense. Yeah, because it's the Jets, you you have to kind of consider it. Uh, Teddy Two Gloves, good good price. And you mentioned Tyreek Hill. That seemed to be who he locked in on. Um, I know Waddle was kind of dealing with a groin injury, but played. But you look at that, you know, 14 targets, uh, 10 catches for 160. Uh, he was really just targeting Tyreek all over. Even a few times he had like a moster, you know, open in the flat. And it's like, no, yeah. we're going to Tyreek Hill. So if he continues the, to force it to, to Tyreek, which isn't a bad idea, uh, you could definitely – you could pay off with Bridgewater not doing much. If he throws it underneath and Tyreek takes off, then you're you're reaping the benefits of that as well. So I don't I don't mind Bridgewater against the Jets. I, I still I like Waddle's price at sixty seven hundred. I just worry that he won't get the the targets that he needs. So it'll probably be Tyreek if anyone don't really like Kaseki. Could probably play the Dolphins defense going up against Zach Wilson, who didn't look too bad, but I've always liked the the corners. Uh, there in Miami, they can get get at you a little bit with the pass rush. So I would go Teddy with with Tyreek probably, and then on the Jet side of things, whoever's going to avoid you know the, <laughs> the corners on the outside, which I would say it's going to be Elijah Moore, but uh, he only saw four four targets right. himself. Uh, you saw Garrett Wilson still out target at you know six compared to four with Elijah Moore, Corey Davis. Got seven, so he got more out of everyone. So it it's gonna be a coin flip with these receivers, uh, with the Jets. You saw Flacco kind of lean a certain way. Now you're gonna have to kind of wait and see uh, what Zach Wilson's gonna do. One bright side is that Tyler Conklin was still involved um, a bit. You know, he saw five targets himself. You do have a, a Jets team that struggled a, a bit. I mean, the Miami team that struggled yeah. a bit against the tight end. So. Mm-hmm. Conklin, 3,700. Again, tight end room this week. You're just going to have to pick the right guy, but he is still in play because CJ Uzama doesn't appear to be getting you know much action uh, given that he was one of their bigger offseason acquisitions. Yeah, and you know we look at this on a Tuesday afternoon, so a lot of injury news. Uh, we don't mm-hmm. see a lot of things that come out later on the week, so we do depend on you guys to be able to look at those things and to decide that for yourself. Uh, also, a Brees Hall. We got to mention that Brees Hall has taken over the yeah. running back room. I don't necessarily like him against the Miami Dolphins, but at fifty four hundred, he's been getting up to fifteen quite a bit, and he saw so many more targets last week. He just saw all the action last week, is what it felt like. So maybe they're going towards a youth movement there a little bit more. You know, they're like, hey, Brees, Brees. And Wilson are two guys, and Wilson, Reese Wilson, and Wilson are our three guys going forward, and we're going to get them active. We're going to get them involved. Corey Davis is sprinkled in there, but Elijah Moore kind of looks like the odd man out when it comes to those big three or four guys. Yeah, and Brees Hall. I mean, the, the first two weeks it was Michael Carter. You know, he was in the sixty percent of the snaps, and now the last two, this close to week three, fifty-one to forty-nine in favor of Brees Hall, but this last week, sixty-six percent of the snaps. Uh, for Brees Hall compared to to forty four percent, so they definitely seem to be leaning towards their their younger running back, who I feel is the most talented of the two. Uh, so that makes sense. But yeah, as you mentioned, it's tough with Elijah Moore. I know you're 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 saying that he seems the odd man out, but he is clearly playing the most snaps yeah. out of these guys. You're you right. know, he saw ninety four percent, ninety percent, whereas you saw Garrett Wilson hasn't gotten above you know seventy seven. 
uh, just yet. And, and Corey Davis has only been above 80% once, whereas Elijah Moore has been over 80 uh, every game this year. So he's on the field more. Uh, you have to expect the targets to at some point come his way. You mentioned a good thing there with earlier in the year. It was Carter, and I made a little note uh, going into redraft leagues or drafting next year. It seems like rookie running backs don't get that run this year like they have in the past. Maybe that's due to the preseason being a little bit shortened, a little bit goofy or whatever. But the veterans really flourished week one, week two, and now all of a sudden we're seeing those uh, rookie running backs kind of starting to get a little more action going to week three and four. And I know that that's probably been the trend uh, earlier in you know every year, but my eyes have really been opened up to that. I think usually I'm waiting until the second half of the season for rookie running backs to really get involved. But uh, whether that's Pacheco out there in Kansas City, whether that's here with Brees Hall, or even in uh, maybe in Atlanta, it was more because of injury or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, Khalil Herbert's the same way. Just I'm looking at a lot of those rookie running backs getting a lot more run nowadays. Yeah, what you you have to remember is that. You know, they're coming into the NFL and, you know, pass protection is completely different yeah. uh, in the NFL. So a lot of times I think, you know, some coaches just aren't comfortable getting them out there because of pass protection. They want to make sure that these guys can block, can pick up a blitz um, and help their quarterbacks, you know, not get killed. So I definitely think that plays a part of it. But um, we even saw it in Indy, you know, it wasn't Jonathan Taylor early on. It was Marlon Mack. Uh, to start, but Matt got hurt, and then Taylor kind of got unleashed. So you're you're seeing that a bit, you know, as you said, with Hall, with uh, Pancheco there, with uh, Kansas City. So it, it's definitely something to to think about. You know, you're not giving up on them. You know, you just maybe you know give it a few weeks early on, uh, make sure they're able to pick up that protection. Even Pierce, like many thought, Damian Pierce was going to be that week one guy against mm-hmm. the Colts, and it was Burkhead. But you know, as they get more reps. You know, now Damian Pierce has become the guy, so it just seems to be what most coaches are doing these days. It may also be the same for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Prashad White. We saw him get a little more action last week, and the next game has Tampa Bay uh, at home against Atlanta, and this point total is at 48-and-a-half right now, Pierre. And I'm really looking at maybe a Rashad White. He's at 5,100, so that, that kind of puts his game total a little bit, uh, you know, the price a little bit too high for me to feel real comfortable. But he saw, what, 15 DraftKings points last week? He saw 11 well, – well, no, 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 no. He saw five targets, five catches, 50 yards total. I, I like that. And Leonard Fournette, you know, those reports earlier in the offseason were that he wasn't in shape. It, it kind of looks that way. It kind of it kind of looks like Leonard Fournette's <laughs> not in shape. And Tom Brady, uh, Rashad White caught Tom Brady's eye last week. Yeah, this is the this is the game. So what I mentioned earlier, there's one that kind of stands out. It's the the Bucks kind of jump out to me with, at their their price ranges. So I'm not sure uh, I agree. I'm on board with Rashad White just yet. Uh, they did mention they were wanting to get him, you know, more involved, which they did. They were kind of trailing uh, the Chiefs. And when you look at the the previous usage of Fournette, like he he been on the field a lot. Like he played 91 percent of the snaps in, in Week Three, 87 in Week Two. So uh, you think about their their championship aspirations. You don't want to wear Leonard Fournette down. So I think part of this could just be you know trying to keep Fournette fresh. Um, so just continue to watch if Rashad White, you know, starts to be the, the pass catching, you know, back kind of like they use Bernard, you know, when they first got him from Cincinnati, then yeah, he could definitely be in play, but I just want to see it from a, from a few weeks, you know, standpoint, but I think the play here, it's going to be in the passing game. It's going to be Tom Brady. You look at his price, 
6K, um, and he has his weapons back now. So you look at Tom Brady early on, you know, against Dallas, you know, he didn't have Godwin. You know, you look against uh, the Saints there, Mike Evans never plays well uh, against Marshawn Lattimore, also got ejected <laughs> in that yeah. game, didn't have Godwin. You look at the Green Bay game, Mike Evans was suspended, you know, didn't have Godwin. All of a sudden, you know, the Chiefs, he gets Mike Evans back and, of course, Godwin returns. Boom, 385 yards, three touchdowns. So I think it's a Tom Brady week. I think you're going to obviously pair him up with those two guys, at right receiver, Mike Evans, 6,900, still a really good price. Uh, saw 10 targets, 8 for 103 for two touchdowns. Uh, you look at last year against the Falcons, they put up 48 points uh, and then 30 points as a team. Evans had 16 and then 24 from a fantasy perspective. Chris Godwin, you know, he saw 10 targets himself uh, with his really first game back. I know he kind of played and then kind of tweaked uh, his own hamstring there. But you look at him, he played 83% of the snaps. So you got to assume he's healthy. Uh, he had 33.2 and 16.2 against these Falcons last year as well. And they do give it up through the air. So I do like Godwin and Mike Evans to, to kind of pair with Tom Brady probably going to be my my stack of the week this week. I like that. I really do. And uh, in the back of my head, of course, I'm thinking Julio Jones against the Atlanta Falcons to a revenge narrative. But that 5,500 is, is just way too expensive for how much we've seen Julio play on the field. Maybe whenever they travel to Atlanta, we'll have to keep our eye on that Julio Jones narrative a little bit more. Well, he From also it, tweaked something again. Like I know yeah. big shock Julio got hurt again, but he, yeah. he got nicked up was the report. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. When and look, they lost against Kansas City. Kansas City made that defense look really, really bad. I'm not afraid of paying up and putting that can the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense in there. They're only 3,900 this week, Pierre. Mm -hmm. They're they're going to be on fire. They do not. <laughs> that defense yes. is angry, angry. That that's a, that's one of those defenses. The only hiccup there, so I like to to target defenses against teams that like to throw the ball or. You have true. a pretty poor offensive line. Mariota doesn't throw the ball a lot. Um, he likes to run. He likes to scramble. He's only been over 30 attempts once this year. Uh, so that would be a, a little bit of caution. Their running back situation is going to be interesting um, just because of value standpoint. So Cordero Patterson's out, yep. which is going to leave two really cheap rookies, uh, one in, in Tyler Aguilar at 4,700, the other in Caleb Huntley at 4,300. So that's the cheapest value you're going to find. I don't like playing running backs against Tampa's front seven. Right. So I don't know if I'll do it, but we just saw, you know, Clyde Edwards later have a pretty big game uh, against them. Granted, he had Patrick Mahomes, you know, yep. throwing him the ball. But if I'm going to stack Tampa, I got to run it back with someone. Uh, top two are going to be rookie Drake London. Uh, he's definitely seeing the targets, about 30, 30% of the target share for the balls that are thrown. Uh, so keep that in mind with Drake London, still under 6K at 5,900. And then Don't I still it. think you got Kyle, Kyle Pitts. I Don't know say it. it. I know it. I know it. He's he's not he's not getting what many drafted him for. Uh, only saw four targets, only had one catch. Jeez. But again, everyone's thinking like you. Don't say it. Don't blame. Uh, he's a bust now. You know, Arthur Smith's not going to use him. Uh, but you look at what Tampa's kind of given up. You know, from a, from a tight end standpoint, you got to really consider him this week. Uh, they're 29th uh, against the tight end. If you expect Tampa to be out in front like I do, it might force Atlanta to, to pass the ball, whereas last week they were kind of just running it out 
against the Browns. So I, I feel like 4,400 Kyle Pitts, he has that upside to get you that, that Kelsey or Andrews type score. Uh, you saw it a few times last year. You know, he had a game where he got 29.9. He had a game with 26.6. Uh, he had 12.3 uh, against the the Bucks. You know, one game himself there. So he he has the capability of being that that tight end one, uh, even more so without Kelsey or Andrews. So I still think you got to consider him at only 4,400. I, I, for redraft purposes, uh, thinking about waiver wire stuff, Al Galar or Al Gear, what do you say? Al Gear, Al Greer. How do you say his name? <laughs> I, I call it Aguilar. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. It might I'll, be Algier. I guess Algier. I, I think it's Algier. I think it's Algier and yeah, Huntley there Algier. for Atlanta. You know, both, I think about both of them, but then I think, well, Mariota, he's the one who is probably going to run it in now at the end zone, maybe. You know, Huntley looks like the guy in the end zone who could get it in there, but I don't know. I always worry about maybe Mariota running it in himself. And then you got D. Williams down here who's on the IR, who nobody's seen since like the first three three snaps of the year uh, this year, but they had him as the starting running back this year before he went out with the injury to his knee, and he's expected to be back, I believe, next week. I think the sneak is play out of all this, even though I, I hate their division for running backs going against yeah. Tampa Bay, going against New Orleans. I, I just I hate the division for any of these running backs, but I might just let everybody else go ahead and get Algier and, and Huntley and just pick up Williams and stick them on my IR here later on this week. If you need to, uh, well, hopefully yeah. folks aren't that, that rough off, but I, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. You're right. He did start the, the season, but yeah. That's, I was going around funny. picking up Marlon Mack everywhere to be here, so I'm not scared to pick up. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped him everywhere, so I, I definitely – that's one of my hey, misses for sure this season. Hey, he got a fumble last night, so we're we're running victory laps today <laughs> with a Marlon Mack trade. Tennessee at Washington. This looks like a fun game. And boy, it's fun to see Derrick Henry just active and involved and just flooding him with all kinds of touches. We get a week out is what the Tennessee Titans are doing. They realize that he is their way to victory each and every week, and he should have a huge week again against these Washington football commanding Redskins or whatever they're called this year. Uh, we They should just have a great week this week. And I, I'm looking at a Derrick Henry, and I'm saying he is going to pay off that 8200 price point. That's what I think personally because they're just giving him so much work, Pierre. Yeah, it wasn't too fun to watch last week. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. And the, the thing that pops out for me is like the targets now. So he's starting to he's starting to get passing volume, which for me takes him to kind of another level when you look at the the just the, the amount of touches he gets from a running standpoint. That was good enough. So now if he's getting involved in the passing game, you you definitely want to play, you know, Henry. He's going to get the goal line work as long as they don't run that bootleg with Tannehill and, you know, frustrate you. But 25.3, 26.7, they're, they, they know the the way they need to win, and they're, they're getting ready to, to try to get that, you know, yep. back on the track. So I do like Henry at, at 82. I don't know if I'm going to pay up that much. We'll see, obviously, early in the week. So things could change, but he's definitely in play. Um, like the Titans defense as well for, for 3K, similar to how, you know, I called them the against the Coats because our offensive line stinks. The Washington Commanders' offensive line also stinks. Uh, you still got Carson Wentz who, you know, likes to hold on to the ball a little long. Um, you saw last year when Wentz was in Indy, they, they put up 12 uh, which you'll take for, for 3K. So I do like the Titans defense still uh, to kind of get after Wentz and the commanders. Not sure 
how I feel with the, the passing attack here. So Robert Woods might see more targets. I know Traylon Burks got hurt, you know, in right. that game. I believe he's doubtful. So if he's out, uh, it could be the Robert Woods show a little bit uh, from a, a target standpoint because I don't really like any of the other pass catchers. I know uh, Kyle Phillips had his big week one. Uh, Nick Westbrook, Akina is an IU guy, but, you know, he saw zero targets. Uh, that last game. So it'll probably be Robert Woods, Derrick Henry, uh, maybe Tannehill who can run one in, then the Titans defense. Again, with tight end, you never know. Yeah, They're both down below 3K, so if one of them catches a touchdown, they could pay off, but you just don't know how that's going to play out. So I'd probably stick with just Henry, Robert Woods for the the Titans in addition to their defense. Well, I wish he was cheaper, but I would want to take a chance on Hilliard this week if if there is a no Traylon Burks, which it looks like there's not going to be. Uh, turf toe, he looks like he's going to be out a couple of weeks from what I can read through the tea leaves right now. But uh, Hilliard gets four targets per game. Uh, the first week he got four targets and saw two touchdowns as well, put him at 21.9. Mm-hmm. I just wish he wasn't 4,900. I'd, I'd feel a lot more comfortable taking a little bit of a chance on him if he was at that 43 or 42 mark. But 49 just seems a little bit too expensive it is especially with them now getting henry involved in the passing game so like early yeah, on I'm, that wasn't the case so now i know he got four targets still but it's just that need isn't there as much if he's not getting the majority of that third down work or, or passing game action yeah i wish i could trust uh one of their tight ends too but i just I, it's a it's a mixed bag right there and i can't trust them at all for the uh, washington football team or commanders i guess from the wide from the running back i i don't like any of them at all, I can see McKissick at 5,200, maybe getting to 15. He just doesn't see the volume like he did last year, Pierre. Uh, he's not getting mm-hmm. as many targets week in and week out like he was, I guess, as they were playing from behind. And it doesn't seem like, if I if I remember right, Wentz's narrative, just he does, does, doesn't check the ball down all that much. Yeah. He does not. That's That, that was one of the, the big call-outs was one of the layups that he missed was that he didn't take advantage of, nor Jonathan Taylor or Naeem Hines. Uh, I know that's kind of the case this year for the Colts as well, but that was the one of the big knocks on Wentz is that he doesn't use his running backs out of the backfield, and that's kind of where J.D. McKissick, you know, is, is, makes his money. Uh, so you definitely really can't, you know, consider him if he's not going to get the the targets himself. He has seen games where he's got them. So you look at the the Eagles, you know, he saw nine targets, caught six for 32, but he's still not getting the volume you you want him to get. You would think that they would take more advantage of those dump-offs given the pressure that their offensive line's getting. But it, it seems like a repeat of what happened with us in Indy. So um, Gibson, potentially, uh, he's he's getting 13 to 14 carries. Passing work's still not there either. It, it all depends on them staying in the game, which they, they haven't been able to do too great right. the last couple of right. weeks. Uh, receiver gets a little interesting. So you look at Dotson, he's probably going to miss a week or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that should, you know, funnel more targets to to McLaurin and uh, Curtis Samuel if they can keep Wentz upright. Uh, should, so that yeah. would be the two that I would I would keep in mind. Uh, but you just, like you said, should and that should is going to be him not getting sacked and holding on to the ball for too long. John Bates touchdown in the end zone. Logan Thomas. I like Logan <laughs> Thomas at 3,200. Uh, he's seeing enough targets to be able to justify that $3,200 price point. And if mm-hmm. Dotson is out of there, then he's going to have to find somebody in the end zone. McLaurin hasn't really been that guy in the end zone each week. It's probably going to be Curtis Samuel. But, uh, you know, if you got to find a tight end, maybe Logan Thomas is a name to look for. 
Yeah, I, I don't mind Logan Thomas either, but I mean, we saw what, what Mo Ali Cox did, I guess. So <laughs> it's yeah. possible we can see what happened. Okay, uh, let's go on to the next one. San Francisco at Carolina. This game total is down in 39. 39-point total right here. Crazy to look at a point total like that at the NFL uh, this week. Last week, it was the Bears down here. San Francisco had a huge game. I could almost see this one being a letdown game for them on the road at Carolina. Thankfully for San Francisco, it is a 4 o'clock game, so it's not starting early or anything like that. I don't know how the time zone works out there in Carolina. It always seems like a goofy time zone to me. <laughs> but whenever I look at this, Pierre, I I – I see Jimmy Garoppolo down at 5,400 in a game which I think that they should be able to smash in, especially with a Debo Samuel, the Brandon Ayuk. I see a couple of those funnel passes, you know, those little passes going forward, going to them. I, I could just see where Jimmy could pay this price point off. He hasn't done it all yet. Well, he did it the first week, week number two against Seattle. I guess that's a that's an anomaly whenever you play Seattle. But I could just see him getting the 15, 16 DraftKings points this week if we wanted to pair him up with a Debo or a Kittle. I mean, he could, but you really want more from your your quarterback. Um, I know that doesn't say much with the you know the the guy that played Cooper Rush um, at one with his seventeen, but you you ultimately would hope uh, that your quarterback gets you you know close to thirty if possible. That's what you're you're shooting for, and I don't know if Garoppolo has that thirty point upside. In addition, the the Niners prefer to run the ball. That's what they they like to do. That's what they would prefer to do. That's what they're going to try to do, and like you said, this 38 and a half point total, uh, sometimes, okay. you know, you know, Vegas is who Vegas is. And you got to keep that in mind. And they expect this to be low scoring because Carolina's defense isn't awful. Like they, right. they keep them in the game. So this is probably just going to be one of those ugly, you know, back and forth type games where there's not a lot of scoring, a bunch of defense, maybe some turnovers. So maybe look at, you know, the Niners defense against uh, a Baker or even Carolina against Garoppolo. Um, I just... Probably okay. Niners defense if you want a piece of the Niners. Okay. Jeff Wilson looks like one of those guys that has a lot of activity but never a lot of fantasy points at the end of things, you know, or DraftKings <laughs> points anyway, because he's got the volume. He gets almost 20 touches per game, it seems like, 15 to 20 touches per game. But his DraftKings points are just never there to be able to pay off a 5,500 price tag for me. I can always find something else, I think, to do that. And it was good to see George Kittle get into the end zone last week. I don't think that we can trust any of the Carolina Panthers, uh, maybe a Christian McCaffrey, but even 85 seems like a lot for him against this Niner defense. So Kittle's touchdown got took back. <laughs> oh, did it? Yeah, oh, that's right. It was at the end zone. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good until it didn't count. Uh, I had him in my showdown lineup, but <laughs> I agree with Jeff Wilson. It, it's tough just because you got so many, you know, running back there. So Debo, you know, he gets touches. They'll hand it off to use check here or there. So it's hard for him to really explode if necessary. As you mentioned, what's good to see McCaffrey kind of get involved with uh, the passing game again, caught all nine targets for 81, the touchdown. That's the McCaffrey of old. So that's what you want to see. Um, I could see some people flocking to him because of that volume. And, mm -hmm. you know, that could, you know, mean a hamstring or something pops up. Hopefully not. But uh, if they can continue to get him involved in the passing game, that's when you start to get the, the Christian McCaffrey that everyone wanted to play uh, when healthy. I am tooth and nail in my home league. I, like I am scraping. I, 
I, I was 0-3 going into last night, okay? Home leagues are really kind of one of those weird things. I don't know if yeah. you still play in a home league or not, but, you know, they listen to the pot. They know everybody I want. And so I'm telling <laughs> you, they get everybody I want. I had a team last year that was named Targeting Wes's Targets, okay? That's what – they love to beat me. They love – and, they you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys everybody loves to beat, I think, up on a little bit, especially in the home league. Whenever I start throwing around analytics and stuff, they're like, okay, smart guy, we're going to crush you. And they do. They crush me. So I was up by – like 60 points going into Sunday night football. I was going against Clyde Edwards Hilaire and uh, who Travis Kelsey. I, that's who I was going up against, Pierre. <laughs> Next thing you know, they're they're right neck and neck with me. And I got Henderson going last night and I got Ayuk. I was going up against Ayuk last night and I just barely won. I, I won like by four points. <laughs> and so when it wasn't Ayuk catching a touchdown in the back of the end zone and it was George Kittle, I was doing victory laps. And then when they did the field goal, I was passed out by that point. I was, I was <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, you can get close. That's just it. Like when you when you have your your podcast and when folks trust your judgments, they listen. And yeah, in your home leagues, you know, they'll they'll pick some of the players that, you know, they remember you playing. I know my wife is in my home league, so she'll often draft folks that I talk about and I'll give her like the look if we're drafting across the room. But it's all fun and games and um, close this out. DJ Moore, uh, I'm sure you saw the interview where they were kind of egging him on trying to get him to say <laughs> something about <laughs> the lack of of offense, lack of targets he's gotten. Uh, it resulted in 11, you know, targets. Uh, last week against Carolina, only caught six. But if he continues to, to kind of have that squeaky nail, fifty-two hundred is a really cheap price tag. I do think he's a, a talented receiver. Whether Baker can get him the ball or not is is another story. But keep that in mind at his price tag, fifty-two hundred. DJ Moore, Philadelphia at Arizona. This this one, I I'm kind of smelling a Philadelphia letdown game in this one, Pierre. Arizona is one of those scrappy playful. The teams that just stick around and stick around and can be aggravating to everybody. I don't like their defense that much, but I mean, they're just an aggravating little team. And Kyler Murray is one of those aggravating quarterbacks that run around so much. This is on the road. Uh, and this game total is at 49 and a half. It's the highest point total. It's, it's only a five point spread, I think, right now. And Philadelphia is favored by five. I, I need to see Jalen Hurts take over this game because I'm a big Jalen Hurts kind of guy. Uh, yeah. In this, and I don't mind looking at Jalen in a high-powered offense at 8,100. I could see us stacking him up with either one of the wide receivers. I could see us stacking him up as well with Dallas Goddard. It's a Zach Ertz revenge game, so we're maybe we're running it back with a Zach Ertz. There's a lot of possibilities for this game, Pierre. I need some direction and guidance. It is, and as you mentioned, uh, highest over/under currently. I think he he can play Hertz at any time at this point. Like he's he seems like the the real deal. Um, he got 16, kind of a letdown uh, there against Jacksonville. But, you know, you had the rain basically that whole game. He actually allowed Miles Sanders to rush for touchdowns for the first time in his career, uh, which also played a part in that 16.9. But uh, Hurts just, again, he has that upside like you saw week three, week two. Still not sold on the, the Cardinals defense. It really only stopped Baker Mayfield, who everyone has stopped. So that's really not surprising for me. And you got um, A.J. Brown, who I thought would get in the end zone. I know he recently had a, a new baby boy, so I figured he would get that touchdown, and he did, and it got caught back. So maybe they try to get him one. Uh, I do like him at 7,500 to pair up with Hurts. Uh, you can also play Hurts naked if you want to. Um, I know you can't necessarily get the upside if he does have the passing touchdowns, but if it's back on the ground, 
you know, you can take advantage of that. But really, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, uh, Dallas Goddard are the, the three that you actually pair him up with. You can watch Miles Sanders. I mean, he he did get in the end zone twice, uh, which is <laughs> feels like an anomaly. Uh, mm-hmm. But that happened. He's he's up to 6,500. I don't think I'll ever be comfortable playing Miles Sanders at 6,500. But if Ma- Boston Scott's still out, you know, you go from a, a three running back committee down to two. Uh, he's going to get more work and get that goal line type stuff. So you can look at Sanders, but yeah, I think I go passing Hertz, AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, Dallas Goddard, uh, run it back on the other side. You, you got, you got Hertz, as you mentioned, uh, in the revenge game, he saw, you know, six targets got in the end zone, uh, last week, Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, still going to be the main target on the outside. Really the only receiver I feel comfortable playing now that Rondell Moore's back. Uh, don't want to play AJ Green. I know they released, you know, Andy Isabella, yeah. Greg Dortch, and Rondell Moore, kind of both slot guys that take away from each other. So it would just be, you know, either Marquise Brown or Zach Ertz on the, the other side if you're going to run it back against the Eagles. You say three running backs down to two. It's really four running backs with Jalen Hurts. They got down to two <laughs> running backs because Miles Sanders was out. And I think that what Jalen Hurts did last week because of the weather, maybe mm-hmm. possibly, and I'm reading into it a little bit, of course, but I think he, uh, Jalen Hurts is really smart. He is injury aware is what it feels like to me. Like he, You don't see him taking the huge shots unless he's delivering mm-hmm. it to a linebacker going into the end zone, you know, but it's it's kind of like one of those football plays. It's not – he's getting caught off guard with a big shot. I think Jalen is aware of that. A lot of quarterbacks aren't like that in the league. I think that young quarterbacks aren't aware of how big uh, a shot they could possibly take at all times. And Jalen just doesn't seem to be taking those kind of shots week in and week out. So I think Jalen was maybe handing it off to Miles Sanders, just being a little bit aware of the weather. Possibly, maybe I'm giving him too much credit. But he, he's <laughs> That really... shouldn't be the case in Arizona. It, it shouldn't be a, a weather concern. Uh, they can go indoors if they want to. Well, let's look at his rushing attempts. So that's the that's the other thing with, with Jalen Hurts that people – don't, I, I think they know that he has a rushing upside, but I don't think they realize like how often he runs. So he's averaging like 13 attempts on the season. You know, he's at 17, 11, 9, 16. So you're getting this from a quarterback. That's RB2 type of, of rushing attempt, sometimes RB1. So you're adding that to what he's doing in the air. And that's why he can break a slate like he did against Minnesota. If he's throwing it for 300 plus, if he's running it for 50 and a, a touchdown, or maybe even two, you know, you're looking at, anywhere from 11 to, to 17 points on the ground, couple of what he's doing through the air. Uh, he did come down $100 as well. And if everyone's going to be on Brady like I'm expecting them to be, it could be a time to go back to a, a Hertz or, or Josh Allen who let everyone down in rain last week. Okay. All right. Well, hey, we got, uh, we're, we're over time already. Philadelphia, Arizona, we already did that one. We got Dallas and Los Angeles Rams right here, Pierre. The uh, Rams just kind of a stinker, a clunker last night. It really seems like there's only one person you got to play, and that's Cooper Cup on that side of things. I don't even know that you could trust a Tyler Higby against the Dallas Cowboys. I, I'm never scared to play uh, Cooper Cup, though. What about, though, for the Dallas Cowboys? I don't think we could trust any of the running backs. The wide receivers, it really looks like a CD Lamb is just on a heat right now but man that los angeles ram defense is tough sometimes they are they are they're definitely tough uh, even more so on the inside uh if you are gonna play running back it's it's zeke elliott i mean he's the he's the running back you're gonna want he's still gonna they're gonna try to get him as as close to 20 touches so if you're gonna play one it's him only you know 5800 i know pollard seems more explosive but you can definitely play zeke 
CD Lamb for sure. You know, definitely the the one A guy. Pay attention to see if Dak's back. Um, I know you're saying potential controversy there with Cooper Rush, but if Dak's back, that could that could open up the offense a bit. We'll we'll see how that plays out. But CD Lamb for sure, seven K in play. I wouldn't touch uh, Gallup. I don't mind Noah Brown if it's still Cooper Rush because Cooper Rush seems to to really like Noah Brown there. Schultz probably not. Uh, I don't think he has that connection uh, with Rush like he did with with uh Dak Prescott like you right. said on the Rams side of things it's Cooper Cup it's Tyler Higby they're getting all the targets so that's who you want to play on that set all right Pierre as you start constructing a little bit of lineup for us let me remind everybody to follow you over on Twitter at Wee 31 on Twitter you can follow me as well at loafing it don't forget to follow the show at FI today with a little underscore please make sure that you like that you subscribe to this podcast share it with your friends we appreciate all the participation in the DraftKings DFS Dreamer contest that we put out each and every week that's always associated with that uh, DFS Dreamer podcast tweet that gets pinned on either one of those loafing it or fi today uh twitter handles and pierre as you construct this lineup here i, mm-hmm. I got a question or two i just i, I think you're going to go to the tampa bay buccaneers is what i think you're going to do i don't think i talked you into going into jalen hurts or anything so i'm curious as to see how you're going to do this and then you usually i mean per- personally I don't see you stacking it up with like two wide receivers all the time but man it sure did sound like you're looking at both of those wide receivers in tampa bay yeah, I think you nailed it there. So I, I will go Brady. Um, okay. I do look like this situation against the Falcons. I am going to pair him up with Evans and Godwin. Um, thought about Fournette. Um, I do like Fournette out of the backfield, but I think Evans and Godwin both seeing 10-plus targets against this Falcons uh, defense is definitely going to be a thing. So I like them. going to run it back with Pitts. Um, I hope everyone's off of him. I feel like he he still has a big game in him. I feel like if the Falcons are trailing, this could be the game that they have to get him involved in a passing attack. So I'm going to run it back with Pitts. Now going to the the running back situation, this is where it's going to get a little unique. Uh, Right now, I'm going to go Kamara. Uh, So I really love his price tag against Seattle. Uh, Hopefully he's in. If not, you know, obviously we'll get news as as practice week comes through. But I'll go Kamara for right now. We'll go to New England against Detroit and get a part of that backfield. For right now, again, I'm going to go Stevenson, uh, give me Ramondre Stevenson. I like Harris too. Uh, they're $100 within each other. So I, I could, you know, flip flop to Harris at some point. Uh, but give me Stevenson for this exercise. What a part of the Bills. Uh, this guy hasn't really shown up yet, but hopefully that gets people off of him. You look at Crowder being out, potentially no McKenzie. So give me Gabe Davis at 6,400 to, to finally have his kind of coming out game in this offense here. So give me Gabe Davis. Okay. Give me Goddard. Um, give me a part of the Eagles. So get me – I'm trying to get these high total games. Uh, so I'll get another tight end there at the flex with Dallas Goddard. Got some options there at defense. I'll, I'll go back with the Titans uh, against uh, Wentz. I feel like they can put some pressure on that offensive line, kind of do what they did against the Colts. So that gives me – Tom Brady, Alvin Kamara, Ramondre Stevenson, Gabe Davis, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Kyle Pitts, Dallas Goddard, Titans defense. When you look at that lineup, there's no way you would have thought at the beginning of the year that you could squeeze all those big names into a DraftKings lineup <laughs> at this point of the season. Really, seriously. I mean, going into the year, it just yeah. it, that's that's a huge price points on all those guys. I think Kyle Pitts really opens it up, and I think everybody being so high on Gabe Davis at the beginning of the year and kind of falling off, I like that he doesn't have a questionable tag by him anymore, and he plays nearly 100% of the snaps there in Buffalo as well, so that's good. 
It's good. He's on the field. That's what you want. All right, Pierre, I'm putting that quarter in that jukebox, and I'm going to play that one, and I may be able to pivot off of that if something has happened to a couple of those players like a Kamara. Hopefully I'll wake up in time to do that on Sunday morning. <laughs> Good job, Pierre, at Wee 31 over there on Twitter. We appreciate everybody listening. We appreciate you sharing. We appreciate you liking and leaving a comment on whatever listening platform you like to listen to the show on, but more importantly than that, we really appreciate you trying to find a way to go out into the world and make a positive impact in somebody's life today.